0: Hi, Welcome to the Art and Science of Learning, the podcast that digs deeper in how we learn so that in today's accelerated world, we can learn better and enjoy it more. I'm your host, Learning Specialist, Dr. Kinga Petrovai. Every week, I discuss aspects of learning with academics, practitioners, and individuals with unique learning journeys to inform and inspire how you design learning into work and life. Welcome to the second episode in this special series called Reinventing Hybrid Learning Events, which we are doing in collaboration with the Learning Ideas Conference 2022. In this episode, we will explore how to select the right technology, the platform, that powers the online components of a hybrid event. In the first episode in this special series, which was published a few weeks ago, we introduced the purpose of this series and what we will be doing In the months leading up to June 2022, when the Learning Ideas Conference will be hosting their first fully hybrid experience. In these episodes, we will talk about different aspects of a hybrid event and what it takes, what needs to be considered and done to make it a success. Be it a classroom, a meeting, or a conference, Hybrid experiences have different strategies and skills that are needed that may differ from what a fully in-person or fully online event, so we will focus on these important concepts that are needed to make a successful hybrid experience. In this episode, I'm joined by the person leading the Learning Ideas Conference, Dr. David Gurelnik who is president and CEO of Kaleidoscope Learning and a consultant specialized in the use of technology to improve job performance. He is also the current president of the International E-Learning Association, founder and chair of the Learning Ideas Conference, and an adjunct professor at Columbia University. Thank you very much, David, for joining me on the podcast. Thanks. It's always great to be here. So before we jump into the topic of this second episode, I just want to ask you: How are things going in the planning of the Learning Ideas Conference for 2022?
1: Thanks, Dan. Things are things are moving along. It's uh, you know it's a lot of work, even you know even in the early stages. There's always a lot to think about, and of course, particularly this year as we're planning a hybrid event. But um, yeah, everything's everything's
0: moving along, and uh, we're already looking forward to the June conference. Yes, and it's in June, so we are eight months out and there's lots to do. What we're going to be talking about in this episode is two important things. It's defining the purpose of a hybrid event, in this case, the conference, and also deciding on the technology that will serve as the platform that enables the conference to take place in a hybrid way. First off, one of the most important things to discuss and plan for from the very start is to clarify the purpose and goal of the events and people might say well of course you know the purpose and goal of the events it's in the name itself learning ideas conference people know what they're what they're coming for, but tell me a little bit about why this is such an important step for for your conference and also for anybody designing a hybrid event. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think to me, there's more, you know, there, there's a lot that goes into
1: defining the specific goals more than just what the conference is about, right? So there's certainly the high level goal that the idea is to bring together people to, you know, further the world of, of online learning for universities and in the workplace and to share ideas and particularly share new ideas and, and innovations and all of that. So that, that's clearly a high level goal. And, and that comes through, of course, on the, you know, the website and the you know, proposals, calls and, and, and everything. But then within that is a more specific set of sub goals. I think about, you know, well, how are we going to accomplish that? And I think to me in a hybrid event, there's a little more that goes into that because it, because it's new. Like there's something that happens naturally in a conference. People are around each other, or they'll they'll talk. That is not so easy to capture when the group is is both both online and not online. So there are a lot of specific sub goals. I think that you know we probably want to think through in any conference, but even more so with a hybrid event, so that we can put people in the position to have the experience that they want to have, which is much more specific than just you know further ideas.
0: Absolutely, and in terms of defining the the purpose. Talk a little bit about the complexity, because the te- fact that there's technology involved and a lot of different technologies involved also makes it more important to really be clear on what you want the outcomes to be.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think some things do happen in an in-person conference fairly organically, or, you you know, you can things to make it easy for that to happen. Or, you know, there's a conference dinner, there are coffee breaks and conference drinks and you know lots of opportunities in an in-person conference for people to have informal conversations as well as the, the formal talks. And the, the combination of the, you know, of the sessions and the the time informally together, I think works, works very, very well. And that's obviously a standard part of, of conferences. An online environment that gets a little bit trickier. And particularly then in a mixed hybrid environment, um, I think that becomes a little bit more complex still, because you have some people who are right there. There could be some people who are there physically next to each other. It's very easy and natural to strike up a conversation, a person in front of you online getting coffee. It's, it's very easy to talk. And if you're online, it's harder to get involved in some of those conversations. And there are certainly ways you know, that we've already seen people set up to do that through chats and everything, but it's, it's not as natural. It's not as easy to really break into a conversation. You're not really physically there. And so there's a lot to think about in terms of, you know, how do we best try to create an experience that is inclusive of everyone who's there, whether they're in person or not able to be there in person, and brings about these kinds of, you know, those kinds of conversations, those kinds of discussions, and puts everyone in a position where they can have them. So there's, there are a lot of specifics relating to the technology and what we select and how we want to use it and how we want to design experiences around it. Uh, So there's a lot to think about.
0: There is definitely. And so far, what specifics have you decided on in terms of the purpose that will guide you forward? Well, and we certainly want to have a, a very much a, a social
1: focus, right? So mm-hmm. we have, you know, we're, we're going to have a, a fair number of sessions. We have a lot of really good proposals coming in and, and there'll be a lot of content in that sense, right? So the conference mm-hmm. content at the level of, you know, the, the talks that people are giving certainly is, you know, there's going to be a lot there. But we're looking at how can we facilitate the conversations that people have? And some of that might involve, uh, additional sessions or additions to sessions that, that, you know, where people break into smaller groups and have some kinds of discussions. Some of that might involve other kinds of activities that we offer where people have a chance to, you know, focus a little bit more on being able to discuss and network and, and all of that. We may have some you know, maybe there'll be some roundtable discussions of some form. So, you know, all of these things are in, you know, the discussion form at this point, trying to get there as a combination of the technology that's out there, technology maybe that we might want to build on top of it, but also how do we use it? Because, you know, there are conference platforms out there that support networking. And we used one of them last year, but support networking kind of just meant, well, everybody can log in and you can go find somebody and reach out and say, Hey, you know, do you want to have a chat? And, and that, is not the most natural way, I think, to do yes. things. And not everybody really wants to do that. Nobody's comfortable reaching out that way. Not everybody likes to be reached out to in that way. And, you know, it's got a little bit too much of the, it, you know, it's not a conference of people who are cold calling anybody and trying to sell them things, but it has a little bit of that feel, right? Like, you know, who are you and what do you want?
0: <laughs> exactly. And it's it's mixing together, having that natural social interactions, which are so important to a conference and to to learning, but how do we combine our human nature with the technology to make it feel a lot more natural and comfortable uh, in the way we want? So it's, yeah, it's not as easy as it might appear from the very beginning. So the big decision that needs to be made at a very early phase in the planning of the hybrid event is the technology that will support all of it. So the platform that will support the event. So can you tell me a little bit about the considerations that you are discussing with your team on how to select a platform? Absolutely. Yeah, no, the platform is a big consideration. And I, you know, and I think
1: related to that is whether it's going to be one platform or whether we'll, you know, make use of more than one. And if we do, it has to be in a very natural, seamless way, but that doesn't mean that we're, we're rolling that out at this, at this stage, there might be things we can get out of different technologies, but we have to be some overarching place where you log in for the conference that is the home for it. So it's certainly the social element is, is a key factor Being able to support the sessions themselves is a key factor we've had. um, One of the things we've really liked with some of the technologies we've used in the past, but they haven't always been able to scale the way we wanted as far as, as supporting a big conference is finding ways for people who want to show videos to be able to do that from a server so that you're not, you know, even within Zoom itself, you can share a video locally. It's not very smooth. As of now, at least you have to be logged into the Zoom application, which you otherwise don't need to be logged into. And then you're sharing it from your local machine and it everybody kind of sees what's happening and it's not really a smooth, you know, it's not really a smooth connection and you can't really get any help if you need help. So there are systems out there and some that we've used before for other things that allow you to put videos up on a server and, you know, run them directly from the server. You just click in the video plays for everybody, which makes sense. But then you have a system that gives you that and gives you all the other things that you want and works with the overall platform and works with a, a reasonable chat function and works with a way for people to communicate and network in, uh, in all the ways that you want, both during and after the conference and, and ideally a little bit before the conference as well. So all of these things kind of play in, I think together. And then on top of that is, you know, are there other kinds of experiences that we want to have, right? There's a lot of talk now about the metaverse and about, you know, systems with avatars and, and all of that. And, you know, I, I know there are some conferences that have done an entire avatar-based conference and the entire thing is sort of, you know, held in the metaverse. And, and that's not really the direction that we're looking at right now, but we do want to do something in, in there. And we want to experiment and both as as a conference and as a conference in the world of learning, right? So there's there's our own meta version of all this, right? Which is that we are in this field and we're looking at what can we do as a conference, but what do we think people might want to experiment with as something they can bring back to their own hybrid classes that they may teach. And, you know, that's becoming more and more people do and mm-hmm. other events. So th- that's also another, another factor that plays in. So we have sort of a lot of specific goals in terms of how to run the sessions and how to handle the communications or before, during, and after the conference, both formally and informally. And then, you know, what does it look like? And is it always necessarily the same thing? Do we have certain sessions where you're experimenting in the metaverse and what are they best suited for? Do we have some sessions where the focus is really just on getting to know people and what are those best suited for? Do we have sessions that are specifically
0: based around communicating around a certain topic. And, and there's a lot, yeah, like I like, there's sort of a lot to it. It's it's a lot. It's a lot of different things that really need to be written out from the very beginning, because it's not just about can people connect and see each other, but absolutely thinking about something, what you said about putting up a screen and being able to share a screen. So often it's just, there's such a lag or there's so many technical difficulties in making sure that everyone sees what you want them to see. But I wanted to explore a little bit about the metaverse. So there has been a lot of different news clips and, and experiences sometimes that people have had, which looks really interesting, where they go into a virtual avatar conference. So when you said you want to use it for some experiences, but not for others, what are some of the considerations that people should be thinking through if that's right for them?
1: Sure, yeah, no, that's a great question. And you know I think we're still probably you know working through some of those at this point. I think to me, you know, one, one of the open questions to me is, is, you know, how naturally conversations unfold when you're an avatar and you're not you, right? So, yes. you know, I think we're at the point where Zoom conversations or, you know, video conversations are feeling pretty natural to people, you know, this far, you know, mm-hmm. since the pandemic started. But those are sort of, you know, there's a certain feel to those. You're just sort of looking at people and, in, in, you know, in video on, on your screen and in, in Zoom and all the similar systems. You know, the metaverse gives you action, right? You, you're moving, how much does that help? You're exploring. What are you exploring? So there's a question about, like, you know, are there would we build something? Would we build, you know, is there something that you're exploring? Would we put people in positions where they feel like they're at a table? Does does that help? Was that would that feel more natural, or would it not feel so natural? And you know, when you yes. when you look at some of the metaverse systems, you know, they talk a lot about your avatar can be anybody. You know, you can make it, you know, look like, you know, whatever you want. And that's an interesting thing too, because so far, at least speaking for myself at, at a conference, you know, I've always kind of wanted to be me, right? Like this is the place where I wanted to be somebody else. Right. Would you want to have another persona for any reason? Are we, do we want to look at ways to make people feel the avatars are actually more authentic to them, right? Like, and I don't know what exactly that means. Like in my dream world is probably, you know, you, you upload a, a photo and something produces a three-dimensional version of you and you kind of look like you. There, Those are all kinds of questions. So what, you know, what, what brings about the most comfortable experience and brings about topics of conversation. Can we capture any of the things, can we capture in the metaverse, you know, standing online waiting for a coffee and you start, start a conversation. And I don't know what the answer is to that. Right. Because you're not really going to get any coffee, right? Like you're having, you know, you're not going to get a lot of pleasure out of your avatar having coffee uh, realistically, (laughs) at least most people won't. So, but then, so that's a real, that's a real factor, right? Because there's not, you, you know, other than mimicking the world, what's the, What's the purpose? What's going to get people really involved? And so we want to try to think about what are the things that people would really want to see in that environment that would also be maybe good conversation starters.
0: Exactly. I think that's a great example about getting the coffee. I mean, in real life, you have the outcome of having a hot drink in your hand and the conversations that come out of waiting for that coffee, the anticipation, the the needing to wait around. But you're right, how does that transfer to an avatar, to a virtual world, does it even make sense? And I think that's the interesting thing, the the real big importance of thinking through the purpose of an event, of an experience, is so that you can answer these questions of, is this actually achieving the purpose that I want? Because maybe in the virtual world, there are some things that you would wanna be able to see and see in three dimensions and look around. And in that case, it makes a lot of sense waiting for coffee with your avatars maybe won't generate any kind of spontaneous conversations as it would in real world. So yeah, it, it's it's very important before people say, this is really cool and interesting. Think through what do I want that experience to be and will it actually deliver on that?
1: Exactly. And, and, and related to that is what can you use New technologies for which gets us back almost to the theme mm-hmm. of, the, of the conference itself. So we are we are meta in in our own ways. Um, yes. What you know? What can you do with each technology? Right. Like our tendency when we have a new technology is to try to do the same things we've done with older technologies. Right. And we saw that in the earlier days of online learning, and some of that is still around. Where you know you take a a, a classroom model, which sort of there's lecturing and testing, which really evolved for scalability reasons. It was kind of the only way to handle such a large group of people but it's often translated to an online world. Where it's like, well, there are a lot of other things we can do with technology that might be better learning experiences, but people kind of, you know, naturally gravitate towards starting with what you already know. And so if we're building a metaverse that's like, you know, a virtual world that's like the world that we have, well, what else can we do with it? Like, you know, I don't know that we want to replace the time that we have, the limited time that we have outdoors now and go replace it with time wandering around the metaverse. It's really cool and interesting, but what are we going to do there? But also it's what else can we create. So are there different experiences that we can create? What can we do even programmatically? Can we have some characters or something timed in a certain way? What, what, are, what are the capabilities at this point In a way that would seem realistic and what can we produce so that people have different experiences that really do take advantage of the technology itself?
0: Absolutely. And especially because not everyone is on the technology. So that's the, that's one of the complications of a hybrid experience is that some people are there in person and some people are online you know being able to network and communicate and meet other people online when everyone's online may not be completely natural but also everyone's in the same boat but often people get left out when there's an in-person event but it's hybrid so there's also people online so how do you merge those two worlds so that everyone can communicate and get to know each other exactly no that that's a huge point and
1: you know and and there are a lot of open questions you know do you, do we imagine there's a, a virtual world where people who are live in person are perhaps using their phones to make it simpler able to you know navigate around and there's a giant screen and you can sort of see everybody and how would that feel i i don't know and that i think mm-hmm. part of my Thinking in terms of you know, wanting to experiment with different things as part of the conference, of different sessions using different technologies is exactly because of this. Like you know, there are certain things that we want to keep of, about in a, a conference. We want, you know, we're going to have sessions, we're going to have talks and people and video and you know doing the things that they're comfortable with and accustomed to doing and, and really, really good at. But then to augment that with some things that are experimental, I think is 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 really, really interesting and and can also drive you know what we end up doing in in the future both at the conference itself and and elsewhere. I think hopefully for for a lot of people who who come to the conference as well.
0: And so in your in your search and in your experience, what have you found to be maybe a roadblock, but also an opportunity in terms of people collaborating and talking and networking in online platforms? What are some of the technologies that maybe you found or some aspects of technologies that you have found to be helpful in this type of communication and some that you maybe people should be aware of as hindering in the human communication and getting to know each other?
1: Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good question. I mean, there's something about standard Zoom you know, and, and competitor format that I think doesn't you know, it, it is what it is and it, it's not really it's not really a criticism, but you know, if you have a Zoom, you know, a large Zoom event or a large, you know, broadcast event and, you know, the standards are really chat, certain chat and or Q and A, and sometimes there's confusion about what those are. Um, you know, I mean, the chat feature is nice to have, but it isn't always something that people really, really use. I mean, what what we found at our past conferences is that most of the people who use the chat for anything other than asking questions of the speakers, are people who already know each other, right? So there'll be a lot of like, oh, hey, yo, how you doing? Hey, good to see you. You know, you see a, a name and you're like, oh, hi, how are you? And that's that's great, okay, I'm all for that. But it it sort of limits things in a lot of ways, right? So you might get a little bit of a conversation going between people who already know each other and there's absolutely a benefit to that. Often people haven't seen each other in, in or communicated in a year or two or long. But then there there's a set of people who don't know everybody already. And that's usually a large set of people who don't know everybody already. And so how do we get mm-hmm. those people involved and how do we encourage people to be involved? And, you know, people are different. Some people are really comfortable just chatting away and reaching out to people. And, you know, not everybody is and, and not a responds well to it either if there's nothing to, to talk about. So there's, I think, a lot to think about in terms of where chat and those kinds of features go. They're easy. You type, you type quickly versus video where you really do get to see someone and it feels like it's a little bit more startup uh, and you worry about, you know, if you're dressed appropriately looking in the camera, like there, you know, there are things, you know, you can chat from where, wherever and you, you know, when you're on video, it's a little different. So that's another way for people to talk. It's obviously much more, you know, much more direct and personal, but again, it's sort of about trying to figure out how to, how to put people in the right situation. So, the, you know, so Working in the standard ways is one thing, and then thinking about where we can go from there as a, as a next step. And I think that's where we got into some of the, the metaverse discussions that are continuing as well.
0: In addition to the metaverse, has there been some features that you're looking for or that you found that help in this communication to be able to meet new people and and share ideas? <sighs> it's
1: a really good question. I don't know that we've found things yet. We're still you know in the evaluation stages. I think by the next time uh, that you and I talk, we'll have a little bit more to report back on on some of the details of what we're seeing one of the things that's always struck me as as potentially interesting is the networking features that a lot of the platforms have because i don't know that what i've seen so far in in past years has really worked all that well where it's kind of you know it's really a list of people and you can go network with them and say hey you want to you want to talk and and it feels I think a lot of people find that a little bit awkward. You know, I think that's you know usually that usually you know not finding that awkward is usually what that separates good salespeople from not you know from others at this <laughs> point. But this is not yeah. a conference about sales. You know, and so mm-hmm. it's a little harder to be natural that way, and and you know, it feels a little bit forced. And there's nothing; it, it's sort of isolated, right? There's nothing really to to generate a conversation. Like you know, you might approach yes. somebody because you find their work interesting, and that's all great. We want to have ways to do that, but. In-person conference, that's usually a small percentage. I think of the of the communication. More of it is the the more organic kind. And so, can we do things with that technology to help people, you know, take advantage of things that it does well? Right. Like, can we get make sure that everyone's got their bio in the system? It's easy to find their bio. It's easy to find information about people to help you see who you might want to meet. You might want to make sure you go to their talk. There are ways we can better facilitate communication before the conference for those people who want it. You might, hey, you might be interested in, in getting to know someone. I know when I'm at in-person conferences, there certainly are people I know and I will go to their talks. To, I'm not going to miss my friend's talk. There's something about that. And the more people that you know, the more you know, you're know you sort of inclined to do that and go in a little bit more, I, I hesitate to use the word engage because a lot of the talks are engaging as they are, but there is sort of an extra level of, of interest and, and knowledge going into it. So to try to bring those conversations about and maybe leveraging some of the things that those networking systems begin with and, and see where we mm-hmm. can take that to the next step so that things feel you know more natural and it's easier to get into so the right kind, you know, the right, the the right kinds of uh, the right kinds of conversations, natural conversations that um, yes. feel good to everybody. They're easier to initiate and easier to um, accept or not accept or however one wants to do it and and do it at the at a, at a timing that works for everyone.
0: Absolutely. I mean these are of course and throughout this series we're going to be exploring what you find and how you're, how you're getting on with it. So we're gonna be coming back to these topics later on. But at this point, the important thing is what are you looking for? And what are you hoping to achieve and what aspects you're looking for? And so, of course, the connectivity, making it easy for people to use the platform, making it natural for people to connect. Because of course, in hybrid learning experiences and in conferences, you want people to connect, people who don't already know each other, to be able to share ideas and to talk and to discuss. It's not just a consuming platform where you consume the talks, but you want people to actually have interesting conversations. And you need to instigate that in different ways than in person. It's a coffee, uh, you know, waiting for the coffee and online. it, It needs to be maybe something else. And how do you bring those two worlds together so that it's not purely online and it's not purely in person, but it is hybrid and of course, some of the things we didn't touch on that are also important considerations are security, something very important to think about. What are you thinking about in terms of security? What are some things people should be considering when they're looking for a platform?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, the basic is certainly, you know, I think to... Make sure that a way for people to log in and it's, you know, a safe, secure way and, you know, in and, and sort of the usual senses, at least to those, I, I mean, we're not, this isn't people's financial information, but you want to make sure that only the people who've really signed up are, you know, able to go into, can log in. And also the other thing that comes up, especially when you're looking at using different technologies, and we've even worked with this in the past a little bit, is making sure that it's a single sign on. I mean, you know, you've got, this. there's one conference home, once you're in, you're in. Right, you're not. Yes. You don't have to log on to. If you we use other technology, you don't have to log on to it again. You, mm-hmm. you know, it's not that you need other IDs and other passwords and all this complication. So there's the
0: usability aspect and the security aspect. I think both and important things to on. look at when choosing a platform. But because of course at the beginning when everybody started working from home a year and a half ago, there were so many stories of people jumping into meetings that they shouldn't have been in yes. and creating chaos. You know, the security aspect is really important and the ease of Use So you don't have to have a million passwords. So all things to consider when looking for a platform. And of course, as you're considering all of these things and linking it back to your goal and purpose for the experience that you're trying to create, you're also demoing a lot of these different softwares. Yeah. So can you tell me a little bit about the different options that you have selected right now and how you're going through that demoing process?
1: Sure. We started by doing a few things. I mean certainly is is the usual web searching and you know reading reading articles that are out there, that summarize things and some are helpful and some are, are less helpful about what technologies are out there, talking to people, that, you know anybody that we know and seeing what they've done, leveraging our own experience, you know, we've been to conferences that are hybrid at, at this point, but there's several of us. And that's been part of it. Also starting to do some other things, going to some more online events. We went to one that was specifically about the metaverse and and platforms that support virtual worlds, digging through some of the um, sort of some of the recommendations from a, a, some of the different groups that are out there that, you know, these sort of long lists of, of platforms that have something to do with with something that we, we might want, you know, taking that a level deeper. And then our team has been reaching out to the ones that kind of became, you know, like they might be good candidates to see in detail because most of them most of the platforms it seems you know certainly most of the the more complex ones usually seem to have to arrange a demo to see anything in, in any kind of depth and so you know they don't just have everything out there for you to see and they do want to guide you through it and i think that's part of the you know part of the sales process too you know they they want they want to have a conversation with you and so they force you into having a conversation by virtue of making you come to a demo but there are advantages to that too and so we you know we take, took it one down to that level and, and are now have a, a number of demos that are, are planned with someone walking us through it from the vendor company, which gives us also an opportunity to, to really you know ask questions and hopefully guide the demo a little bit too. They're going to have things they want to show us. but we know yes. what our goals are and we want you know we can ask specific questions about how things work that you know the idea then is to really make sure that we can get down to the level of detail that helps us feel comfortable that things really will work in a way that we want. And, and usually, you know, based on past experience, before we sign on to anything, we would want to go a level beyond their demo and have time to, to play around with it and make sure that we really were comfortable with everything from the way we would need to set things up, you know, the way that our team would need to set up the schedule and the talks and the, and the video links or however that's going to work, whether it's going to be a third-party video system or, or whatever that would be and then all the other other features. So right now we're getting to the let's see demo stages. And then the stage after that would really be for the ones that sort of go past that point, you know, let's really get to play around and and build sort of a sample mini conference, simulate what the activities would be as best we can uh, before we, we move ahead.
0: So that's an important thing for people to consider because once you get past the phase of doing your research, asking for a demo, but it is important to actually be able to take it home and try it out with your team and see how it would work maybe some people haven't done, but that sounds like an important step. Yeah, no,
1: it's, it's. I mean, I think it's very easy to get excited about things when they're showing you the demo and, you know, this looks really cool and a lot of things look really cool in demos, but when you to think about how they work with your workflow and, you know, and can you really do things in the way, you know, the, the, that we want, and we've we had this even in past years when we were an online-only conference where we were in the last couple of years where we would see things that, Sounded good, but then the process for seamlessly logging in and, and starting a session for either the moderator or the, you know, the, the session chair or the speaker or an attendee, something wasn't you know quite as, as mm-hmm. smooth as, as maybe it seemed when you're just watching a demo go by. It's a little different than when you're doing it actively. So it's absolutely a, right. lot, a lot to think about and a lot
0: to sort of make
1: sure you do yourself to really understand how it's going to fit.
0: That is really important to try it out, see if it works with, for your purpose. And also to try it out with the online and in-person components, because they need to merge together. And very important for a hybrid event to not have two completely separate events, people who are there in person and people who are not, but to have ways of really bringing that together. So that's important to test it out. In this phase of your planning, what are some of the challenges that you and your team have faced?
1: Uh, really? I mean, there are, there, are, there are a number of challenges. I mean, one is simply just, you know, making your way through the options that are out there. There are, there are a lot of things out there. There are things that are better known. There are things that are less well known. And those are decisions too, because if it's something less well known, you want to make sure that you feel confident that it's going to be there and be reliable. So just a lot to, you know, a lot to sift through and to try to, you know, there are so many different types of candidates that to get through what they have and sort of the, you know, the website, like there's not, there's not time to do a hundred demos, right? There's time to do a handful of demos. So to make that cut is a bit of a challenge, even though we have a lot of experience already on our team in, in these kinds of areas. And so I think that's probably the, you know, in a certain sense, the biggest challenge overall. And then in parallel, with that is, you know, rethinking our goals. And there's sort of this, some of this back and forth, especially as we get to the demos about see something and think, okay, well, Can we use this maybe in a maybe not in the way that it's being shown, but can we use this in a certain way within our conference? So there's a sort of back and forth between the way that we might envision achieving some of the goals and what we see the technology does and trying to find the right balance of that. Like we probably can't do exactly what we map out without building something that would take way too long to build and to be way too expensive if we tried to do it on our own, right? So we're going to leverage technology that's out there to a large degree, but we we want to learn from what's out there and take advantage of what they have, but maybe not in the same way that they envisioned it. Maybe yes, maybe no. And then also, as we look at these, look at, it, look at everything from the um, perspective of our goals and, and not lose sight of those and you know, not kind of get pushed inadvertently into or into simply doing what the technology wants you to do, but trying to keep an eye on the goals that we have and how to accomplish them with the technology in service of them. And so there's a bit of a you know, mm. bit of attention attention there, and I don't think it's in a bad way, but there's definitely some back.
0: And forth. No, but it's an iterative process Absolutely. because what we took as so natural to be in an in person event, there's other considerations. And there were other considerations when it was purely online, but there's even additional considerations when it's a hybrid event yeah. and making that really merge together. Have you been surprised by anything in this process? I mean, it's still
1: probably too early, maybe to be overly surprised at this point. Yeah, I think we're ask me next time, and we might have a different okay. answer. Um, so I think that, yeah, I think I think there will certainly be surprises. There will certainly be things that that we see. Um, you know probably the only surprise so far is maybe I, even i hadn't quite realized how many different platforms are out there sort of do something that's relevant right you know whether mm-hmm. it's more of a virtual world or something that's intended really to be a full service content platform or, or somewhere in between so there you know the market i think has grown tremendously even in the past um year or so, which is obviously a natural expectation, you know, given the times that we live in, somehow they, you know, the, the, the numbers, maybe uh, the number of things that are out
0: there, maybe was a little bit more even than than I'd anticipated. Yes. And I'm sure you just want to pick and cherry pick from different, different companies and different platforms and put it together into one. But, um, but of course that's not possible. So it's choosing what's right for you. I mean, you've already shared some tips on what people should be thinking about and looking for. Is there a final tip? for this stage of the planning process and looking for the right platform that you would want to really highlight?
1: Uh, You know, I think to me, it it comes back to the, so this, you know, the same theme, which is don't lose sight of the goals, right? Which is that um, Mm -hmm. I think in particular, the the people that are gonna be showing and demoing the platforms are, they're excited about them. They are on the sales side, you know, they're gonna be showing off what it can do. And it's very easy to get carried with like, hey, that looks really cool. And some things are really, really cool, but take a step back and always think about how can we use this? How is this gonna help us? And does this all help us achieve the goals that, that we've established, or, or do we want to reconsider those for our mm-hmm. event? And so it's, you know, kind of a matter of trying to make sure that you remain as the designers of your own experience, and rather than letting the technology dictate the experience that you design as, as much as, as you can control that with an off-the-shelf product.
0: Yes, definitely. So important because it's easy to be swept up in the excitement of the bright, shiny, exciting new exactly. gadget. But is it delivering what you want? Is it delivering the experience that you want? And so often, you know, we've seen technology being implemented and it doesn't deliver the experience that was really intended. So to make sure that those two things align and you choose the right one for your experience. So that's really good. Well, thank you. And so, what is what is next for the planning process of the conference? What is the next step? Yeah, the, I mean, the big next step for us is to start seeing the demos. So we've mm-hmm. gone
1: down to I'd say the finalist level exactly, but but sort of so far, you know, a, a smaller subgroup that we're going to take the time to really look at and go through the the demos and entirety and with with the team from the vendor companies as we think about things. So that's the the major next step that's going to happen, and then kind of you know feedback into um, you know the overall planning process and. You know, figuring out exactly what the experience should be like.
0: Well, I look forward to hearing about that on our third episode and to delve into the next phase and topics that are important to consider. But thank you very much for sharing the insights of creating your goals and the purpose and how to go about selecting the right platform, the right technology that supports a really engaging hybrid event. So thank you, David, once again. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's always always great to talk with you. And uh,
1: thank yeah, thanks for for having me again on the on the uh, on the podcast. Thank you.